0: friends, welcome to Cycles of Life podcast. My name is Yana Pusher and I'm a life coach, I'm a meditation teacher and people profession professional. How are you all doing? I hope you're well. Welcome to Podmas. This is episode nine and I will say that every time, but can you believe it? We're here. We only have a few more episodes to go. I hope you're good. Today I have something a bit more special in place for you? Um, It's probably going to be a bit longer episode, so if you're listening, I recommend either going for a nice walk or maybe getting a cup of tea, maybe even a little mince pie to go with that, because today I'm going to talk about Christmas traditions through centuries. So I'll be focusing mainly on British and kind of United Kingdom traditions, if you like, but well, to be honest, mostly English. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you know me, you might know that I actually love history. I always loved history, always been fascinating by it. So this time I had a huge pleasure of doing a bit of research and kind of finding out a little bit more about how people celebrated Christmas and actually we're doing quite a lot of modern traditions that we think actually been there the whole time. Where did they actually come from? So I'm going to look today at quite a lot of time. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about pretty much for um, about the last 400 years and kind of how the traditions have changed, how they've moved, where do they come from. So I really hope you enjoy this. And as I said, it's going to be a bit longer one. So strap in and let's go. So I wanted to start with um, late Tudor and Stuart Christmases. So that is, we're talking about late 16th century, early 17th century. So probably like 1580s to 1642s really. So Christmas celebrations were very similar to what people did during medieval times. And actually what I find really interesting that a lot of people did 12 days of Christmas. So it started on Christmas Day and finished around the 6th of January. So that was the main celebration. So it was 12 days of Christmas celebrations and people did loads of things that we actually still do. So it's like um, the houses were decorated with a lot of evergreens. Uh, the traditional view log was very, very prominent during that time. So every year they will have a new log that they will decorate with ribbons and all sorts of things. And then it will be lit with the remnants of the previous year log. And the tradition was that it had to burn for 12 days. And if if it burned before that, then uh, that was a bad omen. <laughs> so I thought that was quite fascinating because it still kind of exists. <laughs> well, maybe in a in a way of a, a very delicious cake, <laughs> but it's still there. So yeah, Eulog is something that people did for a very long time. And of course, most of these traditions come from pagan roots. We'll talk about it a bit later. But actually, you might know that the church actually changed well, it took loads of pagan traditions and changed them, and that's how the Christmas got created. So that was done for various various reasons, really. But one of them was, of course, to neutralise pagan winter solstice celebrations. So if you didn't know, winter solstice is on 21st of December. So that's the shortest day. And of course, this has something that has been celebrated for, I don't want to even say centuries. I think it's been celebrated for thousands of years. People always knew that's what that was. So, and I will talk about Winter Solstice, and actually, in one of the later episodes, I want to give it a place that it deserves. <laughs> so, I will talk about it. But yeah, anyway, getting back to kind of traditions. So, during that time, people were exchanging the Christmas boxes. They were actually exchanging New Year's gifts. So, people were not doing presents for Christmas. They were doing presents around New Year's instead. And that only got replaced in about 1850s, really. That got replaced by Christmas gifts. Um, There was a reason for that, which I'll go back to. So yeah, that was very traditional. Christmas boxes, people did New Year's gifts. Um, It was very common to kind of look after others, contribute to charities. And what was interesting, that actually everyone celebrated together, and hospitality was the responsibility of the landowners. So of the wealthy people out there, they were create the feasts that will feed everyone, everyone will celebrate together. Which I thought was a very nice thing. (laughs) I quite like that. (laughs) So next, moving on, now we're going to the Civil War. So that's about 1642. So what I find absolutely fascinating, and I don't think a lot of people realise, but Christmas was actually banned by the Act of Parliament for 16 years. So that, of course, was based on the conflict between Catholic and Protestants who the Protestants were very much against it they saw that Christmas was a pragmatic festival created by Catholic Church, again just as a way to neutralising pagan winter solstice celebrations, kind of any other feasts so they were very much against it. that's when every really mention of that was banned so any mentions of Mary and kind of the Christmas night was banned really, was not allowed so there was no Christmas, um, there were a lot of unease, a lot of disturbances were happening during that time, understandably, because people, of course, that was a big thing to celebrate during winter, and a lot of people were very much against it, against the ban of Christmas. And just kind of on a personal note as well, I think, they, I've always been very pro-Christmas. <laughs> I'm not religious at all, but I just think people need something, because it's obviously in Northern Hemisphere. It's so grim here otherwise. I live in London and to be honest I haven't really seen sunshine in a few days now. <laughs> it's always cloudy, it's overcast, a bit of rain. It's just quite miserable. So actually having Christmas, something to look forward to, kind of excuse to decorate your house, having loads of fairy lights, all the candles out. I think it's it's a human need almost that brings a lot of joy into our lives. Almost a reminder that brighter days are ahead. So yeah, I just think Christmas, it definitely has a troll to play. <laughs> I think a lot of us are needing that. So yeah, for 16 years, the Christmas was banned. So then after the restoration of monarchy, they actually brought back Christmas, of course. So that was between 1660s to 1720s, really. And festive season, which I thought was very interesting, was kind of... Some of the traditions came back... But I really like the story that actually the way it's been celebrated in London. So in London there was something that was called a frost fair, so that was held on a frozen River Thames. Because I don't know if you know, but there was actually sometimes it's called a mini, um, a mini ice age. <laughs> so the River Thames used to freeze quite a lot. Um, it was due to various reasons. So a the colder weather, but also actually there wasn't a lot of move, a lot of movement on the river. So the last frost fair was actually held on the 1814s. Um, and then after that, actually, so the London Bridge got rebuilt. And that allowed the river to flow more swiftly. So that means the river Thames actually haven't hasn't frozen since then. But I just love the idea of everyone celebrating Christmas on water, on frozen water. And actually what they did there was very similar to what we do now. And uh, for me, just... It kind of brings a lot of memories of the Winter Wonderland. So if you're in London, you might have seen it in Hyde Park. It's something that's called the Winter Wonderland. There's loads of stalls, loads of food, loads of entertainment. And actually, that's exactly what people did before. And I just like the idea of that. So yeah, you can actually, if you search for it, you can find really nice pictures and really nice paintings of the frost fair happening on River Thames. So then we slowly moving into the Georgian period. So that is from it's kind of 18th century, most of the 18th century early. So once the Christmas came back after the restoration, it was less lavish than previously. Um, Most people went to the church on the 25th, and the way the main way of entertaining was actually having meals with friends, entertaining friends, playing a lot of different games, because of course there were not a lot of entertainment during those days, so yeah, didn't have any internet, believe it or not, and gadgets, so yeah, people played a lot of different games, they were still exchanging gifts around New Year's, so not on the Christmas, Christmas Day, and that's something that, and another thing that was really popular during those days was Christmas boxes. And actually, that's where the Boxing Day comes from. So in those days, uh, that was a tradition of giving money to apprentices so they can appreciate festivities, so they can go to theatres, visit family, etc. But interestingly, over the years, quite a lot of people became quite negative about this because it has grown a lot. And a lot of people just felt it was a bit of a nuisance, really. People were demanding presents. People were expecting gifts. So slowly that tradition fizzled out really because, as I said, there was a lot of negativity around it. So now moving on into the late 18th, early 19th century. So that's where we're talking about late Georgian and above Regency there as well. And actually here, the Christmases are slowly coming back. There was a lot of romanticising around old Christmases and that kind of led to the revival, if you like. I the that. one of the traditions was to choose a king and a queen for the night. So they did that by hiding a dried bean or a dried pea for the queen <laughs> in the twelfth night cake for one night. And that meant whoever got the dried bean and the pea, they were crowned as king and queen for the night. And that means that sometimes, for example, um, a master <laughs> had to serve... The servant for the night because they were crowned and queen but i bet there was a lot of fraudulent activity <laughs> i can just tell <laughs> to move it and change it around so that was all happening actually still on the christmas um the 12 days of christmas so people still celebrated 12 de- days of christmas but that actually ended in 1871 so parliament has decided they passed an act that only the 25th and the 26th will be a national holiday. So that kind of brought the end, really, to the 12 days of Christmas. And what is just interesting, just kind of on a slightly separate note, so you might know that I actually, I was born and raised in Latvia. I come from a Russian family. So just a very quick side note on this. Back home, um, obviously, the Christmas was banned during the Soviet times. So in 1970, it was banned as Was everything and anything religious. Uh, so people instead started to celebrate New Year's as kind of the main Christmas festivities, the main winter f- festivities, if you like. So we actually, all my life, I always exchanged gifts on New Year's anyway. So I find this really fascinating to learn that actually it's been a tradition here in the UK for a very long time too. Just always quite an interesting point. And also in Russian. Um, Russian Orthodox Christmas is held on the 7th of January. So um, because Russian Orthodox Church still uses the old Julian or Julian calendar. And again, I think it's very interesting how there's a lot of crossovers. So before that, of course, the 12 days of Christmases were ending on the 6th. So actually, even though I always thought that our traditions, well my traditions, were very different actually there's a lot of crossovers and a lot of days are very similar I just thought it was fascinating so I just wanted to share that as well so yeah so here kind of we stopped the 12th date of Christmas that was in the late 19th century and only Christmas day and the boxing day there were national holidays so that means people slowly stopped celebrating the 12th days of Christmas so now let's move on to Victorian era and of course both Victoria and Albert are very much credited for the revival of Christmas. I would say that even they probably created Christmas as we know it, as we know it now. So all the traditions that they brought back, loads of that is still with us. So here we're talking about it's mid-19th century, end of 19th century, really. So it's interesting that even though we did we had Christmas trees in the UK for a long time, um, or people used a lot of evergreens, but it's believed, traditionally believed that Christmas tree actually travelled to the UK from Germany. So Germany, they had the Christmas tree as their tradition for many centuries, going from like 16th, 17th century. So now in the UK, it also happened. So it used to be, people used to display it in the pot, normally on the table. They would decorate it as well. And it's a story that Albert was a huge fan of Christmas trees. So every year after they married, married in the 1840s, they always had a Christmas tree in the castle, uh, Windsor Castle. They always had gifts underneath as well. And also, I think it's important to note that gifts were not wrapped in those days. So they would just display all the gifts, lovingly chosen, I'm sure, underneath the Christmas tree. So yeah, Christmas tree wasn't actually an English invention, which I'm sure a lot of people thought that anyway. <laughs> but what was an English invention is actually a Christmas card. So Sir Henry Cole in 1843 created and commercially produced a very first Christmas card. So his friend illustrated that for him and in the next 20 years they can kind of gain popularity. Of course, mostly started in the upper classes first but then the tradition slowly travelled down as well and there were some of the Christmas cards were very elaborate. They contained lots of games and jokes and Quite a nice little present. But yeah, so we've been sending Christmas cards for almost 200 years, which I thought was quite interesting. And another bit that I want to touch on is music. So, with this kind of revival of Christmas, loads of Christmas carols came back. And what is interesting, what we call Christmas carol now hasn't always been that way. So, in medieval times, Christmas carols was just a tune to dance to really (laughs) during festivities, it was not religious. But then over the years, of course, it slowly changed to hymns and what we know now as Christmas carols. So then let's slowly move into the late 19th century and very early 20th century, so before the war. And that's when the Father Christmas was really first introduced. Well, we had Father Christmas for a very long time, but earlier Father Christmas was really personification of Christmas spirit. So it wasn't someone who brought you gifts, (laughs) And it's believed that it potentially came from the north and the god Odin. uh, Because actually a lot of north countries will have some sort of Father Christmas. In Russian we have um, Diedmaros. So (laughs) yeah, we have them in a lot of different countries. And then of course we had San Nicholas. So he was a Christian saint. He's from Dutch, decentrally. Um, But in 19th century they kind of merged. So Father Christmas became Santa Claus if you like and they became one thing and actually that comes from America so all the Dutch dissenters when they moved, when they travelled the ocean when they moved to the Americas they brought the tradition with them and that's how slowly Santa Claus was born really and also in kind of late 19th, very early 20th century that's when the commercial Christmas was really born that's when the gifts were always displayed under the trees all the shops realised that they could make a lot of money out of this so they started producing specifically Christmas gifts for kids and adults for everyone Um, so yeah people could exchange that and also another thing that is a very British invention is a Christmas cracker so that was invented in 1847 by Tom Smith so originally he based it on a French bonbon so kind of the way that they are wrapped so a French sweetie if you like People kind of liked a banana a lot. So they only picked up, really. I think it took him quite a few years to realise that. But they only picked up in popularity once the crackers started making a big bang. <laughs> so that's when people started really enjoying them and brought them into their lives more, really. So yeah, it has changed quite a lot since then, I think. Um, And of course, between wars and during the war, um, loads of traditions were changed because they had to change. But also the production has changed a lot. So actually, um, we started using quite a lot of artificial Christmas decorations because they were much cheaper to produce. They were available to everyone as well. And also the Christmas lights, as we know, so electric Christmas lights were introduced in about 1930s, 1940s. Of course, they're, for safety reasons, they're much, much better and easier to use um, compared to candles on the trees as well. Uh, And of course, during the war as well, homemade decorations were really popular. So things like paper chains and all sorts of tinsel and fake snow, so people used a lot of that. And only in those days, so only in 1920s slash 1930s, we actually started to wrap our presents. So France did it previously, So they had that tradition for a bit longer than us. But only about 100 years ago it actually came to the UK. And we started wrapping the presents as well. And I thought it was quite an interesting uh, point as well. In regards to food especially. Because I know I didn't really touch too much about food. Because I think people are quite... um, It's quite known really what people have been eating as Christmas foods. Of course it's loads of rich spices. Loads of dried fruit. Loads of meats, But during war... Uh, Because everything was rationed and there was a lot of shortages of food. That's when the root veg became very common during the war. And obviously now we can't really imagine a Christmas dinner without root vegetables. So carrots, parsnips, even Brussels sprouts. But only during that time they became very popular. And the Christmas meal was created as it is now really. Uh, Post-war has changed the way that we celebrate Christmas of course quite a lot. Was mainly the time to entertain others, and that's what people we were focusing on. The cocktail parties were really popular, especially in the fifties. Fifties, and that's when more traditional roles. I mean, traditional. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm saying that, but I'm cringing. Uh, but traditional roles were designed, if you like, so women was spending all of her time in the kitchen making the food, and man was dealing with the booze and alcohol. That was his main responsibility. And of course, decorations were changed a lot as well. Uh, they kind of, a lot of more plastic were introduced. Then they went back to being quite natural when we realised the impact that it was causing on the environment. But I was I thought it was quite funny. Um, even during 60s, actually, people tried to be quite out there <laughs> and tried to be quite non-traditional, if you like. So they're decorating with all sorts. And one of the things that I found was people were using cigarettes to decorate for festive period, which I thought was bizarre, but also just so interesting. (laughs) And yeah, and here we are now. So, and again, I think Christmas obviously is still changing, the way we celebrate, what is important to us. Each family has their own, each family will have their own traditions, how they decorate, what do they like to do, what they don't like to do. Of course, now we have social media, we have internet. So all of these traditions are slowly merging and slowly changing and exchanging. So now most of the world is actually celebrating Christmas, which is bizarre because even 100 years ago, a lot of countries did not do that. So yeah, this is my little outlook on Christmas, looking back on the last few centuries and seeing how it has changed. I really hope you enjoyed it. I find it fascinating researching and finding all this, all of this information. So this is actually uh, based. The most information I found was um, a little from a little book that I got from Jeffrey Museum in London a few years ago. So it's called Christmas Past, Christmas Present. It's not available on the website, but I will link t- to the gift shop because it's just a very nice gift shop. They can find a lot of lovely things and also while I was doing the research I found a very interesting website called Why Christmas? And they talk about a lot of modern traditions, how people celebrate Christmases around the world so I will link that below as well so if something that you're interested in you can have a nosy. it's quite interesting, (laughs) quite a lot of bizarre facts and bizarre things that people do well bizarre, sorry, I say bizarre bizarre from our perspective but of course it will be different from people who are there but yeah thank you so so much for listening Uh, please let me know if you find this interesting. I know this was a bit different to what I normally do, so it wasn't just my musings. Actually, I did quite a lot of research, and it was very much a history-based. But again, I find these things very interesting. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Again, please subscribe if you haven't yet. Please share this episode with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Anyone who likes history, anyone who likes Christmas. But I hope you will, and I'll chat to you very soon. Bye for now.